And tonight we uh, we're on uh, we finished uh, uh, the chapter on uh, working with others, and then I took uh, uh, some information from this book, Carry This Message: A Guide for Big Book Sponsorship by Joe McHugh, who was the original Joe and Charlie. He also has the steps we took. We've used that too. Um, we've done uh, the first chapter in here. We did uh, passing on the special gift about how a a its responsibility. Is it fulfilling its responsibility today? Then the synchronicity of events, which uh, uh, all these things that came together, so we're here tonight. And uh, it's amazing that two people on, in a, uh, in a uh, house in Akron, Ohio, it wasn't the big house. She was getting divorced from the Firestone's son, Henrietta Cyberly, so she had a smaller house. It was probably only 20 rooms. Now two people meeting in one room, and then we're here today. If that's not the power of God, I don't know what else. And then tonight we're going to be reading this chapter, carrying this message to others. And it's it's really good. It's very simple. This book is really well written. I suggest, if you can, on Amazon, you can order this and the steps we took. If you're if you're working with someone, the steps we took is really a great way to go through the steps with. Uh, the big book, because it's Joe, uh, Joe and Charlie follows the big book, illuminates on it. We've used a lot of that information on six and seven and some of the other steps. So we're going to look at what uh, <coughs> Joe talks about sponsorship, which is uh, so important and I think misunderstood. And uh, we'll see what he says and then we'll see, uh, see what we can get out of it. It says, carrying this message to others, you can help when no one else can. That's in the big book. You can secure their confidence when others fail. And then there's, I think it's in the vision for you. It says to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you will not want to miss. And I think uh, that's what Dawn was talking about, working with others, seeing how they change. It's an experience you don't want to miss. And of course, when they change, you don't realize that you've changed too. You see, it's, it, we may change more than they change. And uh, uh, nothing's uh, meant more to me than the uh, relationships I've had with people going through the steps. Some of them are in the room, and meant, it's meant a lot to me. It said the word sponsorship is not in the big book. Isn't that interesting? It says there's not an official way to sponsor, but we have enough history, enough experience to know what works. There are people who pick up others Somebody want to look up the definition of sponsor for me? Uh, but we have enough history, enough experience to know what works. There are people who pick up others and take them to meetings and say they are sponsoring them. Um, they, they have coffee together. They uh, eat dinner before the meetings. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, sponsor, it says, one who presents a candidate and undertakes responsibility, I love this, for the person's spiritual awareness. And I, I remember Sandy Beach said, what's the greatest thing you can do for another person in AA? And he said, help them have a spiritual awakening. You can't do it for them, but if you can help them, that's the greatest thing you can really give another human being in AA. I think there's truth to that. He also said, what's the highest office in AA? Anybody know? Trusted, Trusted servant. You've heard me say that five million times, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's not really sponsoring. Many of the nice things we do can be positive, but not if they crowd out true sponsorship. What is sponsorship then? 
sponsorship is guiding someone through the steps. That's what they're talking about. If you look at, if we, we read working with others, they didn't mention meetings once. There's not, nothing wrong with that. But they were talking about taking the person, meeting them, gaining their confidence, telling them about your experience. They could see if they had that experience, and then you could tell them what they did. Remember he says, give them the book to read. And then ask them if they're willing to go through with the uh, plan in the book. That's how the book was designed. The book was designed to be a textbook to help someone go through the steps, uh, hopefully with another person. But when they wrote the book, there were probably as many people sober as in this room. When you think about it, there were about 60, 70 people. And they wanted to get this message out to the world. And it, it worked, didn't it? How many languages is the book in? 200 or something? 25 million copies. Uh, in early and it says, through the problem, the solution, the program action to recovery. Now, recovery means to return to a normal state. Because we were in an abnormal state. And uh, I mentioned recovered today at the meeting, and somebody said, well, they're not recovered. They're, uh, people don't like to hear that word, but recovered and recovery are the same thing. Recovered means to, you've obtained a normal state. Recovery is to be in a normal state. Now, what, what the, uh, when they wrote this book, they said, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. And I always thought they were bragging or something. Mm -hmm. But what they were trying to say is that, and we read the section today, is that when you're recovered, the obsession to drink alcohol does not overpower you anymore. There's something that's come between you and the obsession to drink. You have some power in your life so that you can say bad idea. And they talk about that being fit spiritual condition. And fit spiritual condition, though, is not a permanent state for any of us. And so it's a state that we have to try to keep achieving so we can have that barrier between me and the next drink. And that's all they meant by it. And we talked about the recovered promises on page 85. We read them today. Uh, we have uh, several episodes on the 10th step on the podcast site. You can listen to those. In the early days, members would go to a sponsor's home and visit with him to see the understood step one. Then they would come back in a few days and see whether the person believed in God. If the prospect agreed that he was powerless over alcohol and that he believed in God, his sponsor would take him to the Oxford group. See, that's where sponsorship was an Oxford group term. You would sponsor the person to come to the group. <coughs> And here's what was required. He would tell the member of the group, this man's an alcoholic. He says that he believes in God. I would like to sponsor him in this group. So sponsorship was actually speaking up for the validity of the person going to the group. Now, we've changed the term today. And uh, I hope this microphone's good, because when we t used to turn the pages, every, you could hear the ruffling. But apparently, it's better. But All right, calm down. It's a tough group tonight. It started him on what is now step three. <clears throat> now, this is, this is true. Uh, people would go upstairs in Dr. Bob's house with the person. He would get down on his knees, and he would help them take step three. And the step, step three that Dr. Bob used is actually in that bedroom. I've been to that house. Mm -hmm. And it's on the bed. And they would take him in that room. It was his daughter's room. And they would say the third step prayer. When I, I'll tell you. It's, it was, I went there a week before my son died. I didn't realize God was getting me ready to deal with something. Because I remember when I got down in that, uh, and I said the prayer, I mean, I was getting uh, really emotional. It's very powerful when you do that. I can't explain if you're not there. And then uh, 
a week later, Curtis died and God was there and helped me through it well, with people in the program. So they go up and then they would decide, they would vote if he'd done it well enough or not. If they didn't think he was really sincere, then they wouldn't let him go to the meeting. So that's why their success rate was so high. <laughs> because the people who really wanted to do this, and you could see it in, uh, what did Casey say today? What did you say? He stopped. Fight is over. The fight is over. I love that. I'm going to quote him on that. The fight is over. I mean, that's true surrender. The fight is over. And that's, that's a really great place for an alcoholic to be in. Because it says, remember, we were fighting everybody and everyone. It said we had to stop. So you couldn't join the Oxford group till you took steps one and two. Nowadays, people are attempting to sponsor a new person off and say, go read how it works. <coughs> well, the problem is how it works is on page uh, 58. And the problem is the person hasn't had a chance to really get the essential principles that come from the information insights in steps one and two. Remember, if you haven't, steps one or two are your experience, right? You admit something. You admit something. You let something in. Now, we, we block a lot of stuff. So it means to truly admit to your innermost self a situation. And then believing is an act of belief. You either believe or you don't. Can you, and you came to believe. How do you come to believe that God could help you? Well, I came here and I saw people, some people were in this room and they seemed to be doing better than me. And they'd been to go in AA and they'd been working the steps. And I had to believe that there was a power available that could help me. You come to believe from people's witness. That's why 12-stepping is so important. Sponsorship is so important. You're a witness. It's your testimony. And then you just tell them your testimony, what you did, and then if they do it, they'll see what their result is. And uh, we read on the uh, last week or two weeks ago that that's really what our meetings are supposed to be. We're supposed to be testifying to our experience on how we've had a spiritual change as a result of the steps and how we, how we go about solutions to problems today. It says, nowadays people are attempting to sponsor this to read how it works. The problem is he hasn't done the first, and it's chapter five, by the way. And there's also an appendix. The alcoholics don't like to read appendixes, right? But that's the whole deal, it's doctor's opinion. Now in the, in the original big book, that was page one. Uh, I don't know, I heard stories on why they changed it. I heard that they didn't want anybody who was an alcoholic to have written something that had a, a real page number. Does that sound like a bunch of alcoholics? Uh, ridiculous. Because the doctor's opinion is what changed our, our world. We didn't know what the problem was until Dr. Silkworth gave it to us. He was a neurologist. And it says, uh, the chapter big book called Working With Others try, says to try to find out something in a person by talking to their families. It was a different world in 1935, 1936. And often the wise would hear about people who were not drinking and they'd go there and try to see if they would help their husbands. And uh, so they would usually meet the wife first. In fact, at the early meetings, the wives would come. The husbands are still home drunk. And the wives would come. Now seriously, they would come and they would be part of the group. They were accepted. They went to the AA meetings. And then eventually, maybe the, the man would come. It was a whole different different relationship with each other. It was a true fellowship at that point. Uh, it says you just meet somebody at the meeting. Uh, 
you, uh, there's a difference on the way we go about getting together with a sponsor. Uh, working with others was written many years ago, long before we had the many treatment centers and detox centers. I'm a, I'm, I remember the environment of the treatment centers. Once uh, a alcoholism was declared a disease and insurance would pay for it, they couldn't build treatment centers enough. Every hospital had one. It was a big money maker. Now, uh, they didn't guarantee any treatment, but they guaranteed that they get paid for 30 days mm -hmm. and they would work, and I'm sure they tried to help people, don't get me wrong, and you know, did their best, but it was like a mill. They'd have 30, 50 people in there at a time all over the country. And um, it was a really, and so the people would get their exposure to with their disease through a treatment center, not through uh, AA per se, or through one-on-one -on -one relationship with an alcoholic, so it was all different. And they had the group, and they would talk, and they would, it was different. And we have that today, but the insurance isn't paying as much. So if you notice, the treatment centers are not as prevalent, and so our responsibilities have increased again. And we have to really recognize how we can help a new person come uh, to a relationship with their creator. Um, we don't bring them to their homes, uh, as Bill recommended, but we meet them, and you can meet them at the treatment center, and you can meet them here. People come, they're new. Uh, uh, do you approach them? Uh, giving them your number sounds good, but they're never gonna call. You have to get their number, and you have to call them. I mean, you have to reach out. It's, it's very hard for alcoholics to get help, right? And they're very, uh, people are usually nervous when they come here for the first time, and they're scared, and so uh, anything you can do to build, build, make it easy for them. It says, enough of the difference between the early days is now is working with the families. Bill suggests a sponsor sometime helping the alcoholics' families, family understand what's happening. And um, they would work, but now we have Al-Anon, we have other groups. And we have so many more people coming in, so many more new people coming in uh, with all different uh, um, levels of desperation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at the time the big book was written, masculine terms and pronouns, man and men and he and him and so on were generally used. In fact, in this book, when he talks about the spot, see, he always says her. <laughs> they did that, you know, they wrote it, that she and, and her, tell her. And, uh, but it was a commonly used in 1939. That was a common term for both genders. And um, they didn't have many women initially. They had one woman come after the book went to press. So they changed it to 100 men and women. They changed it. And that woman went on to uh, found the uh, President's Council of Alcoholism. Um, and uh, nowadays we're working with younger people. I think that's harder. People have often not sunk to the depths of alcoholism that we did formerly. So a major responsibility of sponsors is to guide the person through the steps, passing on the message of recovery. I think it's very hard, all the new people we have, all the young people we have now, because our society is so different. And they're, the young people, I've noticed their support systems are not there, a lot of them. You know, they're not, they don't have, uh, they're not connected to their families or to uh, steady relationships. And so that's a very tough place for a new person to be. And I think that's why the 90 meetings in 90 days is anything that you can get them to become part of something so they feel a support, so they can feel the love that we have for each other. And it's, it's very hard. Uh, you know, my son went, he tried, he went to Vallejo. He, uh, he was with uh, Bill 
in uh, treatment when uh, Bill was at Vallejo, and he went, he went to meetings, but he just couldn't make it. He, uh, and he had a lot of support, too, uh, but it, he was powerless. So uh, took drugs at 3 in the morning, took too much, and he's not here. It happens. We hear about it, and it happens. So anything we could do to help uh, uh, people avoid all the suffering in their lives is really uh, it's such a gift. Um, the sponsors should find out about the person through conversation. Some people say they work the same way with every sponsoree, but I don't think you can really do that. It's true we all have some important things in common, our inability to drink normally, for instance, but everybody is different in other ways. I think we should work with each person in the way that best suits him or her. Uh, I think that's true. Um, at the same time, some guidelines do have to be established. Now, alcoholics don't like guidelines, right? So uh, just having them accepting the guideline is an important uh, step in their recovery because we're working with an undisciplined person. Assignments should be given, and the sponsor should make it clear to the person that assignments have to be done by a specific time. Has anybody worked the steps and been given an assignment on a specific time and not done it? And then when you sponsor someone, they, they always have some really good excuses. And it always worries me because I'm a people pleaser. So I want people to like me. So I want to believe them. They can tell you the most preposterous thing. You know, somebody from outer space stole their big book or something. And I'll say, well, okay, well, we'll meet again next week. You know, God forbid you should upset an alcoholic. But in the end, in the end, and you know, if you upset an alcoholic, if I say something tonight that upsets you, it may be that it, it's not what you wanted to hear. And so I think I've been a disservice to some people by being too easy. And, and in the end, if they don't want to do the work, what does it say in the big book? It says move on to someone else because you might be uh, wasting time you can give another person. And we have to remember that. It says, uh, as sponsors, we know there are certain things we require of a sponsor. He has to be willing to go to analytics to get sober. And I asked them that. Anybody ever say yes? And, and I said yes, but I was only willing to go to the legs that I thought I needed, you see? Anybody relate to that? And, and it's, not that, it's not the legs that we think we need, it's the legs that they tell us we need. And so it's direction. And, it, and it's hard to accept that. I think that's a transition in your desperation. And I've noticed that sometimes people who uh, who can't stay sober and they, they drink again, when they come back, their desperation is there and they can see the light. Sometimes that was just something that had to happen for them to really see their powerlessness. That's why we should never get upset with anybody who drinks again because they're just like us. None of us are better than anybody else. And none of us are really uh, different. We're all at risk to drinking again, everybody in this room. The only thing that keeps us from drinking again is our relationship with God. Nobody in this room today has the power of choice not to drink. Why do I say that? Because on my own, I have no power to, to choose to drink ever. But if I have a relationship with God, then I have a power in my life that gives me a choice. So I make a decision every morning to seek the power that gives me the choice. So that's the choice I make, seeking God or not. And it says God can and will if he sought. It's also important to work the steps in sequence. I highly recommend that. Um, I see a lot of people who want to do steps eight and nine right away. 
usually so they can get back in the house. <laughs> right? They want to they get back in the big bed and get back in the house. And, and, uh, and, and it never works out. And they're even further from the bed and further from the house than they were before they went. And I'm being silly, but it's true. You, the steps have to be in order, especially eight and nine. You need a lot of help with that. We're, we're going to be uh, uh, reading about uh, nine on uh, Sunday night, specific suggestions. It has to be, you have to talk with someone and understand how you harm people before you go and try to make right. Now they talk about a week or a month or, I had the one guy did a step a year and his, his sponsor died after three years. <laughs> so he never got to the four step. I'm serious. Uh, I could still see his face. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, a step a year may not be, be what they're talking about. Now remember in the book, we're laughing. <laughs> Some people say, you're not well enough to work the steps. I've heard that. You can't work the step for it right now. You're not well enough. I, I, I don't know what that means. If we, do, if we haven't started to change and taken action, then we, haven't, we, haven't, we have no power not to drink. So they work the steps right away. They're going to talk about Dr. Bob would go in, and he said, young man, young man was anybody uh, less than 50 and over 35. Young man, do you believe you're an alcoholic? He said, yes, sir. He said, do you believe in God? Yes, sir. And then he would have them get down on their knees and give their life to God. It's not that complicated. The first step is a step that you've, you've either experienced it or not. And we can't get you to admit it or not. If you're experiencing life, you're not, you don't think you're powerless over alcohol, you don't think your life's unmanageable, I can't make you do that. And, and coming to believe shouldn't be hard. If you've really taken the first step, you're going to come to believe that there's something greater than you that can help you. It, it, one follows two automatically. And then step three is a decision to get connected to the power that can uh, keep you sober. Many people don't understand about working with alcoholics. They say, well, alcoholics are so new and unaccustomed the way we do things, I don't think we can get them to do it. <laughs> but alcohol could just do about anything you make her do. If you insist that she do certain things, she'll get them done. And we have to go from undisciplined to very disciplined. And the sponsor is the one who helps her bridge the, build the bridge between the two. So that's really one of the main roles of a sponsor is to help guide people to do things that they really don't want to do. And Clancy I is a famous AA speaker. He says the steps are something that we don't believe in but we do them anyway. And then once we do them, then we believe in the steps. Mm -hmm. And so he says it's like a, uh, he calls it, here's a talk, invisible boat. He says what we're telling everybody is they're on the shore. And we say, now, you may not see the boat, but get into, just step into the, step into the, into the water and you get in this boat. And as you work the steps, the boat will start to be visible to you and you'll get to the other side. Because it, it, it's uh, people who are new, and I, it's been a long time since I was new, but it seems, it seems scary, right? And AA says, we don't care what you think about this. We just want you to try to do it and tell us what happens. And they say, and the requirements for doing the steps in AA are as if your life is an effing mess and you can't keep from drinking. We suggest you try this. Now, and we also don't say this is the only thing that'll work. We just say we know this will work, so try it. And so Sandy Beach, nobody comes to AA and they walk in the first meeting and say, boy, I'm glad to be here. I want to work the steps. <laughs> and and uh, I'm ready. Uh, uh, let's get together. You know, we don't, we, we don't understand when we're new. 
So the sponsor is supposed to help explain the situation to people. And the best way to do that is to read the book with them. Because the book's laid out starting with the problem, the solution, how you find God, and then the action steps. It says we alcoholics are undisciplined. Anybody agree with that? Mm -hmm. Extremely. But we like to discipline other people, don't we? <laughs> so we let God discipline us in the simple way of just outline. And you know, uh, that's on page 88. That's the end of step 11, right? And the action steps. And what they're saying is that when we're not connected to God, we don't feel good. And God disciplines us. And then we have to take the actions to get back to God. See, God gives us free will to do whatever we want, make all the mistakes we want. But he also set it up that when we do that, we don't get good results. And that we get in pain. And that it, all we have to do is turn to him. And he starts drawing us back. It's like a magnet in the paper clip. And so that's all we do in AA is we recognize when we're separated from God and we ask God and work the spiritual exercise to get connected. At our treatment center, Serenity Park, we require that all the clients get a sponsor in the third week. The sponsor teaches discipline. The program teaches discipline. Everything is working on this undisciplined person. An undisciplined person may fight discipline, but it has to be enforced to help the person. Discipline is a form of being humble, right? And we talked about that today. Humility is a key ingredient in, in getting well. The state of, of, of asking for help, of admitting you don't know. Bill, Bill reminds us in the big book that suffering alcoholics are very sick people, uh, maybe very, very sick. And sometimes we forget that because we've been around a while and we might not be as sick as we used to be, but we're still sick too. But we don't recognize how strange the thinking is in new people. And we have to remember that. So the more you work with more people, the more you're connected to your first step and the more you're connected to uh, uh, how it is. We have to take this into consideration sometimes when they don't do everything we ask them to do. Sometimes sponsors forget this and try to demand too much of the sponsories. And I have done that. And these undisciplined people are going to make some mistakes. He talks about doing step five with the, page, with the sponsor. And the person does step four. And then if he's done step four right, you can tell if he's done the first three steps. Um, I usually do the third step with the person. We uh, read the book read in the first person, answer the questions in 60-63, and then uh, take the step. And then how do I know if they've made a real surrender in step three? I give them the notebook and I write the columns and they start putting the names down. And if they come back a week later and they haven't done that, it might be we need to do step three again. See, step three, it says we'll follow next and at once by action. And so, uh, if, you, if you haven't taken step one, your step three won't really mean very much. But if you've taken a step three, you're going to want to do. Because in the big book it says, when do you do step four? After you say step three. Next or at once. Uh, that's the time limit. In other words, get moving. Why? Step four is where you begin to change. It's begin this when you see the truth about your life. The truth about your fear and your resentment and your actions. And so I usually do step four with the person while they're doing them. We do the resentments, the first three columns. Then we go over the instructions for being free from anger, and we do the prayers. Then we do, once we've done that, prayed and forgiven everybody, then we do the fourth column and look at our mistakes and our character defects. Then make a list of the character defects, and we use that for six and seven. 
And then uh, when you do that, you see who you've harmed, you can put them on your harm list. And then I do fears, and then we do uh, sex or conduct inventory. It says, I didn't choose my sponsor, he chose me. He always told me that he and some other guys drew straws that he lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, I, a lot of the times the sponsor is chosen. The person comes up and tells the person. And uh, um, we need to do more of that. And make sure everybody has a sponsor. Everybody has somebody that's helping them. Uh, some people have 10 or 20 sponsors. I, I, don't, I don't see how you can do that. That's often off ego. Um, I like to uh, I like to hear these guys who are the uh, workshop speakers. You know, they're the big gurus of AA, mm -hmm. and they're all good. They're very helpful, and I love them all. But they like to go down their sponsorship genealogy, and their sponsorship goes back to Bill W. or something like like he was the Messiah. Well, sorry, but Bill was just as sick as the rest of us. None of us are better than others. I think that's the thing that we have to remember: we're all equal. It's a vertical relationship, and we're helping, we're walking hand in hand down the path, and that we're really not experts any more than the other person. We just have different experience. It's a form of humility. So you don't want to use, use this as feeling that you're, you're better than someone. It, the ego can quickly get involved in these types of relationships. Um, his A rules, I like this. Whatever I don't really want to do is the exact thing I need to do. Anybody agree with that? Let me tell you, if you're married, you need to live by this. Whatever you don't want to do, she asks you, you say, yes, honey. Uh, it's just, don't even think about it. Just if your first thought is, oh, I don't want to do that, you say, oh, yes, honey, great idea. Let's do it. Or if she's got an idea and you think it's really crazy, just say, yes, honey, great idea, because she'll probably forget it. Now, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She had, she had some idea today about the dining room furniture. I said, great, honey. Great, great idea. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm getting in trouble. Uh, we're off in the drawn. She loves me. She, she knows I'm a mess. Uh, alcoholics aren't always loving at first. You know, alcoholism is a loving, isn't a loving disease. And yeah, we're not supposed to be like, we don't have to be best friends. We're supposed to be people sharing experience, trying to give direction. And, this, and the book gives the directions. So all you have to do is really follow the book, and that's why we're doing uh, these meetings. I'll just read a few more things, and then we'll open up real quick. Uh, sponsors, willingness to do what we ask of them. Is the sponsor willing to be sponsored? Is the sponsor capable of sponsoring? And uh, that's you have to find that out fairly quickly <clears throat> and what kind of relationship will you have how you will establish it and uh, it has to be kind and loving but you have to be firm too and so it's one that you uh, you learn how to do as you do it and sometimes you do you don't do as well as you should and we all have our personalities none of us are perfect and it says uh, how do you sponsor why well, you can just follow the big book and actually, if you do sponsoring, like Don said, and you do enough work, you're doing your four-step all the time. You're doing your own four-step because you're seeing the same things in you, the same names. You can see your character defects. You could see how uh, you have to practice forgiveness, uh, your fears, your conduct. Uh, so here's one last thing. It says you should qualify your sponsor. And they say there are no invariable rules, but I really think... Um, it should be someone who's done the steps. 
and I believe out of the book. And, uh, but that's just my opinion. But if uh, they've done the steps and they feel like they can teach you how to do the steps, then that's the person that you should choose, right? Because what you want to get is the uh, spiritual awakening. You want to get the results of the steps. And that's what you want from a sponsor. And uh, one of the reasons, the other reason I started this meeting years ago was because I felt if more people knew about the book and how to do the steps, then they could sponsor other people. So I had this vision, like Bill W. did when he was in the hospital, one alcoholic helping another, that we'd read the book and there'd be people and then they would sponsor. And I've seen that happen. I've seen people who were here 10 years ago sponsored four or five people and then those people were sponsoring other people. It's not, I don't take credit for that. It's just getting the information out, getting it available. So we'll open it up. I hope this was helpful. And uh, next week, I think we're going to do To Wives, which is really powerful. It has really nothing to do with to wives. It's all about how the alcoholic looks, how the alcoholic appears to the person they're with, how, how is his behavior. And that's why it was written by Bill W., not by his wife, because it's a tremendous description of the alcoholic. So uh, you'll see when we study that next week. Anyway, thank you.